Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello and welcome back. And we are now at episode three. Um, I'm, my name is B, and my co-host Hayden. Hayden, are you there? Good afternoon, good evening. How are you, B? Yes, good afternoon, good evening. Yeah, just got home from work and we're like, right, let's get let's get this down. <laughs> Lots to talk uh, well, about. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at, I'm at work. I've snuck into the boardroom. Oh, uh, you are, you're in the boardroom. <laughs> but ironically, I'm not bored because we're talking all things in excess. There you go, there you go. If only people could hear what we talked about before we started recording, but there... <laughs> we'll save that for another. <laughs> it, it, it will come out, okay? I know it, it will. Don't out. you worry. Okay, it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing too X-rated. It's just probably uh, it'll speak for itself when it's revealed. But um, how has your in excess week been? My in excess week has been fantastic, as always, but even more so because it's just yep. so nice to have everybody um, engaging back, and uh, well, engaging back onto the um, in excess um, page that we've put up for this um, podcast. Um, we've got our top fans now, which is nice. They've all got their badges, and it's just so gorgeous. It's lots of new people. Explain for me. me how, how, how do I get it? How do you earn a badge? I want one of those. How do you get it's one? It's nothing to do with us. It's Facebook going. Yeah, they're 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 saying the right oh. things. They're engaging more. Um, yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, can I get on there and like shout a few of these gorgeous people out? Do you reckon? Can I say that? Of course. All right, let me see if I can yep. find them. Yep. You start telling me about your week while I go looking. All right. Well, I'm just thinking. So Mark Zuckerberg determines who is a badge worthy in excess fan. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, solely. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, my, my next this week has been more the earworm week, uh, the week where you have a song or two in your head that you cannot shake, and, and it's positive because these aren't songs that necessarily have been played a lot, but uh, we, we played them last week on our episode when we highlighted the debut album, and uh, I think we added Learn to Smile and On a Bus into our mm-hmm. uh, double album Deep Tracks, um, and those songs have been with me and in my ears all week. And um, yeah, I, it's been good. So I, I've got to listen to something else to get them out of my ears. But <laughs> that has been my in excess work. And yeah. to smile and on a bus. Yeah. Which I've liked. Yeah, no, it's same here. Same here. But the funny thing for me, because I'm still playing yeah. my, my in excess um, album that I've been playing all week, is every time I hear Don't Change, I actually want to start talking. <laughs> As if I come on. Well, hello, well, yeah, everybody. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, pro- probably a, a trigger song now, um, you know, to suddenly go into mm. things and... Uh, yeah, I can understand how that may be the case. Um, I think people, well, hopefully people enjoyed the episode last week. We had some good feedback and we, you know, maybe some people have downloaded some tracks and uh, or pulled just an old CD of the debut album out and just sort of revisited it. And that's sometimes the great thing about music. You can park an album for a year, two, thrive, and then suddenly get an urge to re-listen to something and reconnect. Um, and sometimes lyrics and melodies 
yeah, you know, they, they take on a different resonance, you know, you know. You're right there because I know that um, well, at least three um, people have, have said they've gone away, that they, they have never listened to the whole album, only like um, certain songs. So they've gone away and they've downloaded it from iTunes. So that's really cool. Really mm. cool. Okay, I found the top fans. Cool. All right. Far, so far we've up. got Katerina, like that saying that. Katerina, Tracy. Where's she from? Oh, you're going to ask me where they're from. Okay. Katerina. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go into. I'm going to say Eastern oh, Europe. Now, now I'm looking like I'm snooping around their profile. I reckon she's, yeah. She's fixed of <laughs> no, no dressed. Hang on. Oh, no, no. Dressed. Okay. <laughs> um, no, she's in Melbourne, actually. We've oh, got quite a okay, few. Far away. Yeah, we've got Janine. Yep. Um, yep. And she is. Where is she from? She spells uh, her name Janine a very different way, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Jeannie? Yeah. Jeannie. Yeah. Jeannie. Jeannie. Yeah. I don't know where she's from either. Sorry, no. darling. Is Jack an Uber fan? Did he pick up a badge? Jack? Who's Jack? Our friend Jack. Jack with the questions last week. Mm. He, he deserves to be an Uber fan. He's he's another Melbourneian. But so many. I can't see Jack on there, no. Did, but there is lo- there's absolutely um, loads. Let me just say their names because I'm going to be here like the whole of the episode. Right? So there's Katerina, Tracy, Sarah, out. Teresa, Tony, Simana. Simana? The 16 year old whiz kid. She's gorgeous. I'm in love with this girl already. Yeah. Terry. Um, the Kiwi. Yeah, the Kiwi. Yeah, she's like right yeah. on it. Good old daddy teaching her the, <laughs> the ways. Lisa, um, Kath, Foxy, um, Tracy, Chuck, Joseph, Crystal, Alexander, um, Carmen, Michelle. Is that Chuck Feldman? Oh, yeah. Chucky, Chucky. <laughs> Vern. That's a great name. Chuck Feldman. Yeah. Huh? From, Vern Sh- from Chicago. He's my favourite, Vern. <laughs> Vern's my favourite. No, Saskatchewan. <laughs> don't, don't make Pronounce me Saskatchewan for Vern for me. <laughs> no, don't make me do <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it's great that people are using all the, the available forums out there to communicate with each other and, I guess, broadening the, you know, the NXS message mm. across all platforms. Um, yes, B, for, for the listeners who would maybe new to us yes. and maybe haven't heard the first or second episode, mm-hmm. where can people sort of find us or hit us up on or communicate? Yeah, okay. So to interact with us um, nearly every day and probably all day, um, everybody wants to come back to us on the NXS Access All Areas Facebook page page and um, we do have an Instagram page but um, I must put my hand up and say that I'm not that good at it but I'm trying I'm trying um, and then um, on on uh, we actually really would like you to come and do comments as well place your comments on the Podpeen um, interactive um, app so you download the app and then you'll be able to follow us and you'll be able to watch and, uh, sorry, not watch, as we listen to all of our podcasts and we'll be um, uploading them onto there weekly. So that's the three places. We're, so we're, not, re- we're not ready to video, sel- video ourselves oh, yet, Jesus are we? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, you and your doona? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cardboard, cardboard box. Uh, so uh, not in there, not quite yet. We, uh, I, think, I think we were both complimented saying we had good heads for radio. Yes, we are, f- definitely. 
<laughs> well, that was always a that was always a euphemism for one's appearance. But anyway, we'll let that fly. Yes, and model All right. and model for socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and Hayden, we need to let everybody know what the cover was last week that we played out to. Can you let the listeners know? Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, Party One versus In Excess. Now, uh, I think of those who listened last week got a little bit stumped um, because it sounded almost like a full In Excess song. But I guess any time you, know, you look at the charts sometimes and you'll see an artist and it says versus, so it might be like the covering artist then versus the original artist, you are probably getting a real chunky almost uh, rewrite of the song. Um, uh, you know, re well, probably not rewrites the word, probably replaying of the song, but with a few tweaks of the uh, of the audio um, side of things. So, party one versus in excess, uh, the just keep walking last week was pretty close to the original in the sense of Michael and a lot of the instrumentation, mm-hmm. but you had a sort of a dance remix and a, and a uh, I think it's an Italian sort of DJ put that sort of together and it did go top ten in the UK in two thousand and one. Uh, I know for, for the band who at that stage were, um, I think, just getting sort of back out there, really, with John Stevens. I think it gave them a little bit of a tonic mm. at the time mm. um, and uh, some uh, handy mail money, as I always say. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love that tune. But I love yeah. it. I love the yeah, original the film anyway. Great. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the film clip's great too. It's a real, you know, it really helps the Edgy. aggression of the lyrics. Mm. So I really, actually, the film clip's in excess film clip, uh, which the band, I'm sure, agree with as well. <laughs> <laughs> Excess news with Hayden from around the world. All right, news, news flash, news updates for in excess. Uh, we in the last couple of weeks have talked a little bit about uh, Ash and Moon, and Ash and Moon have actually just released a double A side uh, to their first single, which I think the first uh, first track is Dust Bowl, as we mentioned the other week, but also it's backed up with a, another song called Mosquito. And I know Gary and uh, Toby from Ash and Moon have actually done some Facebook playing live and um, I guess done quite a bit of promotion for this sort of launch and uh, it sort of reminds me back to certain bands in the past who released double A sides. Uh, Famously the Beatles released I believe Strawberry Fields on one side and then Penny Lane on the other with double A side. Uh, One was a John track, one was a Paul Uh, and in excess back in sort of 92 in Australia released a double A side which was tasted and not enough time on the other Mm -hmm. side. Effectively there wasn't sort of a one song that was deemed the A, they were just marketed as a double A and mm-hmm. radio got to play with, uh, songs simultaneously when they were released. So I guess kudos to uh, Ash and Moon. Um, also this week, uh, a very famous friend of Michael Bono turned 60. Mm. And I know our uh, friend of the show, MM, posted a, uh, a heartfelt uh, Bono and uh, I know one or two other uh, people who uh, listen in also did as well. But um, for those who are unaware, Bono... Um, He's a sort of humble guy. Say, B, would Bono be really humble and shy and retiring? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, of course not. 
I know, I know. I was just being a very, very low calibre of wit, mm. sarcasm. Yes. But uh, Bono, in uh, homage to his own 60th birthday, had, uh, I denoted and put out there the 60 songs that lived his life. Oh. So I will declare I am a U2 fan, albeit I do see a bit through the hyperbole that Bono does spin a, around occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bono did cite, uh, I would say a little bit low on the 60 list if you, you know, asked in excess fans, yeah. but he put in excess as Never Terrace at 48. 48. And, um, 48, I know. That's, I mean, he, he had, I mean, put it this way. The... Do you know who he put it, do you know who he put at number three? Oh, God. Elton. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West, okay, that other humble creature. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but this, but this is, is the funny thing. You know, who, well? you know who you put at number one? <laughs> no, me. no. Who? Who did he put Oasis in that? What? You're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> A lot of the songs and artists: Bowie, Simple Minds, New Order, mm-hmm. Division, Talking Head. I mean, the list. Craftwork. Uh, the list was excellent. I mean, the ranking though. Did he put Depeche? Um, Depeche Mode were in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had Billie Eilish at number four. Now. All due respect, I think In Excess uh, surpassed her in most tracks. But the funniest thing, who who did he put at number one? Oh, Queen. <laughs> I don't know. They're always Him, number one. Like himself. <gasps> he put himself at number one. <laughs> there you go. Now, oh, there you go. And, and do you know I what? I know. I'll preface <laughs> this. Bo- bo- <laughs> Go it's on. a duet with Pavarotti, but he's he's singing on it himself mm. and put his own song with himself singing with Pavarotti at number one. Um, so yeah, pretty humble from Bono, but Very, uh, yes. uh, on on a more you know yeah on a more solemn note, there is a, a really lovely sort of post that he put out about Never Apart and the song and Michael and a, mm. an ode to Tiger Lily, sort of almost like a love letter from the grave, um, and that that was quite touching when when yeah. you do read it. So yeah, um, yeah. we're not going to read it, it ourselves, etc. It there, his I think birthday, so he's yeah. allowed to do whatever he wants, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's already planned his eighty, and I think he's got eight of his own songs in there. <laughs> Yeah, he, 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 it's, but he did say it's going to be below ten percent, so that means he's he qualifies for humility. Yeah. Anyway, good on you, Bono. We like Bono. Yeah. Um, even the hairpiece he wears. Mm. Uh, moving on. All right. Moving on. Okay. Now there was an awesome post this week that I know uh, you placed uh, or, or posted on our Facebook page from a vocal coach called John Henny. Yes. Now John is a guy that. Yeah, he he's a musical uh, voice coach, mm-hmm. and he uh, has, uh, I guess, a, a say a blog or a, or a, a Facebook page or motion where he'll pick an artist and look at the vocal technique and, mm. and you know generally either praise or encourage or mm-hmm. find some sort of holes in it. Yeah, he decided to um, just talk about the Wembley concert and new sensation and uh, this. This is awesome. It goes only about ten minutes, but it really highlights just how great. A vocalist Michael was and this is coming from a impartial yeah absolutely an impartial observer uh one sort of proceeds to break this down and then look at what mm. Michael's doing vocally and just the ability mm. uh, and the subtlety and the range that he had mm. and um it's it's definitely made up by also Mike uh by John getting into the song so much as he's actually critiquing it it's an awesome little maybe 10 15 minute thing on uh on our Facebook page so um, yeah, get it. 
downloaded. Uh, the guy's name is uh, John Henney, yes. vocal coach, new sensation, Michael Hutchins. I'm sure it'll come up in your various searches. Yes. Um, did you like that, get into that? I loved it. Well, I found it. I, I just loved it. I just like how he really, <laughs> yeah, he just, you can see, like watching him, he's really getting into the songs and he really <laughs> praises the band as well, not yeah. just Michael, but de- he looks like yeah. so, so surprised. He goes, that was yeah. an A. That was an A. And he just got there. <laughs> like, yeah, we yes. know. Yes. We know. Yeah. But it's nice to know a professional is actually explaining it to us as well to say, but, yeah, he is. Yeah, and it's good, very good. And, and it's interesting when you, you know, we don't profess to be musicians of any description here, but it's interesting to sort of be reminded that, you know, even though you might not play an instrument particularly, and Michael didn't, you do sing in ranges and have notes to your vocal range, whether mm. it's an A or B or C or mm. certain levels there that accompany the, the instrumentation. And, you know, Michael's sort of voice was his instrument mm. Um, in mm. many, many respects. So mm. it was just good getting a professional, credible person to yes. highlight the, the abs- absolute musicality of his voice and his range yeah. so yeah check that one out it's yeah. awesome moving on the greatest albums did drop faces in the charts in australia this week to number 31 but mm-hmm. you know if we keep sort of espousing the virtues of the band it might go up in the next few weeks but mm-hmm. that's just a little anecdote the greatest hits is down to 31 from 26 mm-hmm. um also on some minor news um ollie olsen the collaborator with michael on the max q project mm-hmm. uh, did I think about 18 months ago, announced that he was effectively retiring from the industry. And um, I did a little Chris this week, either on one of the, the platforms saying, stay tuned, listeners, there's be some music coming out soon. And, um, you know, those who don't know, you know, Ollie actually wrote, you know, Sometimes and Way of the World and Monday Night by Satellite. The three singles, I think, off that particular mm-hmm. Max Q album were actually uh, songs written and created by Ollie. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's a musician, you know, of, of great uh, pedigree and uh, made a great contribution, you know, across, you know, Australia and, you know, I know he had influences in many ways, mm-hmm. uh, both in the punk and the post-punk uh, dance scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, he would be, be a fascinating guest to really get mm-hmm. into the Max Q stuff, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with Michael, you know, no longer with us, B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Max Q has come up a little bit in the um, Hutch Nation. Joe um, Robbins found um, a lovely um, little piece. It's um, it's filmed in black and white and it's called Newsnight. And it's Michael talking about, um, did you see that? Did you see it? With a journalist, an MTV guy mm. called Kurt Loder, yeah. Mm. And uh, it got me thinking, oh, God, yeah. what, what didn't make that album? What is tucked away somewhere that we need to know, what we need to hear? <laughs> what's what's lurking? Yeah. yeah. So it would be good to get some of those out, wouldn't it, if we could get to hear some more Max Q. Yeah, I had a few friends of me sort of say to me, oh, what was that really cool instrumentation, quite a song that throughout Justify uh, documentary, and it was a song called Ot Van Rot or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or Ot Van Tot, I always get a bit mispronounced. That sort of really brooding... Um, uh, song that sometimes plays throughout the, uh, the, the the mystified documentary, and you know, thankfully, you know, that documentary was about Michael, not in excess, and, yes. and Max Q. I think it was maybe not the major part of Michael's career, but gee, thirty years later, it's got longevity. Mm. It, it, it's mm. definitely yeah. an album that we will talk about, you know, in due course. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Um, cut. Yeah, um, I think just to finish off, um, interesting when you go onto Spotify, you may have seen this be obviously 
in excess access all areas is at the top, which we like, uh, <laughs> getting um, a AAA grading because of our name. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, I did happen to see that the story to story, the book by uh, Anthony Bozzo, which was sort of uh, a biography of the band, etc. I think it was around about 2005 that got released. Um, it been later, etc. There, I'm sure MM will uh, pick me up on the accuracy <laughs> of the date. Um, but yeah, I, that was a, gr- a good read. I think it was a pretty solid biography of the band, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know covered a lot of detail and things. But that really is on a sort of an audio format. If you're not a great reader of pages, you know, mm-hmm. you can as an extended podcast. But no, I would encourage anything out there that's quality. Um, just like also, I think in private discussions with B, I've mentioned some other podcasts. Mm-hmm. One's called uh, The Hustle by John Lamoureux. Another one's called Rock Solid by uh, Pat Francis. Um, if you love music podcasts, you know, don't you know, just check us out. Check many out because mm-hmm. I think there's such a great forum of learning about music and being updated and reinvigorated by things as well so yeah i guess from a news point of view there's other types of music things there that we encourage you to listen to yes very much so i can't wait to um, hear more of these uh, podcasts as well A new little segment B for us. Uh, guilty mm. pleasures uh, and songs that relate to the eras that we're sort of relating to In Excess uh, at this point. So we've been around that 77 to 80 with In Excess in the last week with their debut album and just their history. Mm-hmm. So we just thought for the listeners we may just... I share with you a few little guilty pleasures of our childhood when we were listening to music. Absolutely are embarrassments. Um, so, <laughs> and just for the listeners, as we were talking about some really cheesy artists of this era, I saw you had a pop-up on your, your phone, B from a certain <laughs> UK artist. Can you share with the, the listeners who that is? No. Initial CR. Oh, no. You're going to make me Cliff Richards. Oh, no. Cliff Richards? No. <laughs> oh, you want me to try? So, oh, any- <laughs> yes, no, he was look, my first. Hold, hold on to a bit. Not my first. <laughs> he yeah, was I, my I, fir- I, first gig. <laughs> That sounded a bit suspicious. It did, uh, didn't bit, it? Yeah. yeah. Um, it did. But uh, I believe you've been to a, a, a Cliff Richard concert. Mm, yes, I did. I was used <laughs> again. Yes, my auntie took me because I'd just come out of hospital and I was on crutches and she thought, I'll take my niece yeah. and then we can get down the front and she could sneak a kiss from Cliff Richard. <laughs> I was used <laughs> and I hated well, it. Well... <laughs> Well, it only goes downhill from here because my two guilty pleasure songs today that we're going to sort of share with the listeners uh, were around about 1977, the year the NXS started. And I guess when NXS came up, hopefully and traditionally, I'm sure we're not inspired by these artists. The first song we're going to share with you uh, (laughs) was from an actor who thought he was a musician. (laughs) And years and years later, he still thinks he's a musician. Just being a cop on the streets of, uh, I don't know, New York or LA, wherever the... And his name was? Name David Soul. And his song was... Don't give up on us, baby. Fire away, baby. Fire away. (laughs) Okay. 
God, I can't believe you've chosen that song because you're guilty <laughs> pleasure. Oh, it takes me back to you Top of the Pops and watching it back, back whenever I was I was only a kid myself and I was like, how has that got on the charts? Do you know this was, this was, a, there was a top 10 hit in Australia and the UK. I think it was number one, I think. Oh, was it uh, I don't know how it did in America, but yeah. But I, I, I look, it is literally under guilty as charged, Your Honour. Um, some mm. people may remember Owen Wilson singing it in the actual oh, Starsky and Hutch movie yes. uh, <laughs> uh, as a bit of a piss take. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, generally apologise to all listeners for subjecting you to that. Yeah. Uh, B, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, does it stack up? Well... Mine is Emerson, Lake and Palmer and I think it is way cool and I think it is still way cool and it is way cooler than, I mean, David's soul. Take it away. That that that's that's uh, innocent, Your Honour, of all charge. That one, uh, boom, dun, 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 bang, bang. that's a good air guitar song, isn't it, B? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that guitar sound, though. <laughs> Me and the kids still play <laughs> around the house with it. When I put it on, if we're in a bad mood, that one goes on, and we we rock out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a massive yeah, nah, guilty pleasure for choice. me still. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Can I hear okay. your second one? Well, I'm going to go down some very dangerous territory. I think there's never a song with the lyric relating to blue jeans, um, oh. or jeans for that matter. Mm. And my second song that I liked as a young fella was Jeans On by an artist called David Dundas. I think he was a UK guy, I think. 
this was a top 10 hit across the world. Um, have a listen and vomit at any time if you want to in, in cringe. quite like that song it's cute it takes me back for, to being a kid again and yeah it's, it brings back the, the 70s and the, the smell of Levi's to me excuse me one second B <laughs> <laughs> okay you ready for mine I feel better now <laughs> yeah yep, throw away your one yep okay okay and mine is um Mine is I Feel Love by Donna Summer. Oh, my God. There's not many Ooh. lyrics. There's not many <laughs> lyrics, but it's a good no. one. No. What do you mean, no? Oh, you're not. You're a boy. Listen no, to no. it. No, no. No, Okay. like that one do you know that she was asked by the producer Giorgio Moroda to I think that the long version goes for about 17 minutes but there was like this sort of how do you put it um uh sexual connotation to the vocal technique really? uh, put that <laughs> delicately yeah mm. she had to fake um that famous word that begins with o and ends with uh, oh. m and has a g in the middle oh. so uh no wonder i like it female listeners know what we're talking about here <laughs> yeah yeah so uh but good choice okay you're batting two for two and i'm batting zero for two so yeah i'll get a bit of homework for next week yeah. I'm, just- I'm winning i'm winning Yeah. 
topic of discussion for this episode. All right, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive uh, in our topic of the week on uh, what was and what is and who are in excess in terms of sort of the musical sort of side of things and I think this is sort of a chance where you know we'll skip around on different songs and albums and I think just highlight something I said in the rant last week that uh, in excess were probably more versatile and more adaptable and, and uh, had probably more ability than many bands out there that were very genre based and what I mean by genre based if if you're a Def Leppard or a Bon Jovi or a Nickelback I mean you are really you know couple of chords and sort of a rock thing with uh, misogynist lyrics you know that's a very much a genre type sort of style if you're the cure um you have that sort of gothic sort of depressive but with twangy sort of melodies and things like that and had a very much a style that they didn't deviate you know very much if you even look at uh you know some bands like acdc well you know i think you know answers on record are saying uh why change the recipe of something that's working really well and you could argue that sounds and, and tones and chords are very similar from 1976 to 2006. I think In Excess are very underrated in the sense that they, on each album, historically, have probably had a multitude of styles and genres and sounds mm-hmm. within an album. Mm-hmm. And I know, B, you've got a few of your favourite songs, I've got a few of mine, but um, we just thought today it's a really good opportunity just to maybe just highlight their versatility and, you know, the various sounds and styles. Um, what are your thoughts on the overall sound, B? What's your opinions? I just love how In Excess can take me on a complete um, journey, really with all their albums right yep. from you know just going from um, something that's just quite yep. melancholy right through something that's damn right sexy they uh, they just take you on that complete trip don't they throughout yeah. all of their albums that I've uh, I've listened yeah. to over the years and there's quite a fa- fair few there yeah um, um, what do you think I mean I love the funk element as well that always comes out Cassie Vallon and the baseline element they really worked in sync but mm. um you know, if we go back to, you know, just even last week on the debut album, we, we you know, if we had one word that could probably uh, uh, sum up the style of that album, it was probably Scar. You know, there was probably yeah. more scary sort of songs on that particular album. But as we said, mm-hmm. you know, it did deviate into, um, you know, some keyboard synth stuff, you know, some new wave sounds. You could mm-hmm. hear some early funk. And, yeah. uh, and I think over the journey, they've had such an adaptable sound mm-hmm. uh, overall, which I've really enjoyed. They're very musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, some critics are like oh you do too much of this too much of that you should hone one style well no. No, music is about all styles you know yeah, we all love you know, rock and pop and country and mm. rap and all different type of genres mm. well I want to hear my band have the ability to do more than just one thing and I think you know let's look at the Beatles I mean compare the first half of the Beatles career the red eh? 
greatest hits yep. versus the second half, which is the blue greatest hits. Yeah, I mean, completely they different. They had crazy styles going on within <laughs> albums yeah. and over uh, different albums. So, yeah, I think um, I enjoy that versatility the band mm. have. Um, Me too. Back in the early 80s when you got into them, I know you were at the Listen Like Thieves sort of mm-hmm. there in summer of that, that era. What did yeah. you love of sort of period of time for you? Oh, well, the, the Listen Like Thieves, Thieves tour and their album, it was just fantastic. It was um, very different mm. to a lot of the things I was listening to. I was trying to think what I was listening to more so then. It was like Echo and the Bunny Man and um, the Water Boys, and I suppose they sounded a little bit similar to that, but they had that more guitar mm. and funky element to them. So I really... Um, yeah, I was thinking why I, I fell in love with NXS so much. It's just that they were a bit well, more real. There's a little, well, I, I heard there's a little interesting Listen Like Thieves cover song going on later uh, in the episode. Is that true? Is that just a rumour? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. One of your picks. Not mine again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, look, it's interesting. I, I sort of look at their career and... and, and I look at the first couple of albums as being sort of a little mini era. They were just finding their feet. Mm. I look at Shabu Shabar, be it the third album, and the swing being that mm. coming of age in Australia and that real ascent to the top in sort of, you know, the Australasian region. Yeah. Uh, Shabu Shabar, if you think back to that album, you know, with songs like To Look At You and, mm. um, you know, Don't Change, etc. There, you know, it was quite alternative at the time. It was quite yeah. brooding and mm. quite... Um, I, know, I know Michael... I think he said the word back around the kick here. He said, "I think this. I think Shabu Shabar artistically was our was our best achievement." And he said that post kick, oh. um, uh, and he sort of was mentioning it from an artistic point of view. But mm-hmm. that was quite an alternative sound mm. at the time. Mm. Um, uh, and when you hear that and you throw it against some other albums, it really stands out. Um, yeah. The swing. You talked a bit about the funk. I think original sin was where. You know, with Noah Rogers coming on board, that was like oh, King Funk. Yeah, dreams <laughs> yeah, come in true. In the studio with a couple of little would-be funksters, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Dreams come true for the boys when he came in. Yeah. But, um, you know, on that album, uh, if we look at versatility and what Inexcess was sort of starting to do with, mm. uh, I think Nick Lornay produced that in uh, the UK and he was quite a, the go-to guy around that era uh, for artists and things. Uh, but that that particular album, I, you know, so, a song like Johnson's Aeroplane, I know you've mentioned mm. to me before you yep. really love that song. Yeah, and I do. I know some of the, yeah, I know a couple of the, uh, cover bands play that one it's a bit mm. of a sort of a, a real fan favourite sort is. of deep cut yep. um, but that song itself is you know got that Japanese lyric mm-hmm. Japanese almost sort of keyboard thing going yeah um, and you compare it to Original Sin I mean they're chalk and cheese Very on the much. same album yeah yeah agree yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah well you know, it's like okay, let's put a funk song out. Let's put maybe something more ballady. Let's put something a little bit more jangly pop. Um, you know, I think I think I look at a song like "Kiss the Dirt" off "Listen Like Thieves." It's got that real sort of jangly guitar intro. Um, mm. And then, as you said earlier about "Listen Like Thieves," I mean that's that's sonically, and then what you need. 
Um, those are the first, I think, the four singles sort of off the album, yeah. plus this time. Mm. Um, all of those songs, you know, have a sort of um, a real variety to mm. them, yet they're the first four singles off an album. They're not cookie cutters or cousins no. of each, you know? No, definitely not cousins of each at all, are they? They're all individual songs. have any bands even you know like or dislike that sort of almost take a while to realize what song it is mm-hmm. yeah the chili peppers sometimes they there's some sites i get some of their songs mixed up and coldplay coldplay i mean i love their songs but i can't differentiate some of the some and you too yes some um, the old stuff of you too yeah definitely used to find that i used to get some of theirs mixed up as well but never in excess mm. well i i had a I had a mate the other day who was sort of like, you know, not that sort of, he likes in excess, you know, he's a, he's a singles man off the radio. He's like, oh, yeah, it'll sound a bit similar. But I said, look, I gave him a copy of Full Moon Dirty Hearts and I said, you put this album on and I want you to go chalk and cheese, one extreme to the other. And interestingly, he came back and said, look, when I put a song on like, Please, you got that need from you know Ray Charles and and, and Michael and things, oh, yeah. and then you yeah. extrapolate that and compare it to Viking Juice. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, Viking Juice is a bit like the Doors of the End with a spoken word <laughs> over sort of a you know, sort of a Roxy music funky dance baseline thing say? going. What did he say? What was his comeback? Uh, well, I think he agree he goes yeah look I'm probably just listening to singles a lot a lot more and um, again mm. probably does justice to the fact we're doing a bit of a deep dive into putting a bit of a Spotify list together but you know so an album like Full Moon Dirty Hearts I really like, like that album and I think the band probably unfortunately going through a bit of a tough time and maybe issues with Michael and whatever but um, they unfortunately probably don't quite look back at it as fondly as as others do but there's some real variety of stuff on that album like the gift which john and michael put out as the first single um you look at a song like cut your roses down at kill the pain uh which is a an underrated ballad but it's got a bit of a david bowie sort of hunky dory Mm. music sort of era um and yeah, I mean, the variety on Full Moon Dirty Hearts is that classic in excess, like we've got a bit of everything going on here. And look, as I said earlier, like I think they suffer from probably being, you know, so good at their instrumentation and their variety of songs and styles. They get, I think they get marked hardly uh, from, uh, or marked hard from, from those in sort of uh, positions mm. like the Rock Hall of Fame and even certain critics occasionally who, you know, want to have a band be, as, a, as you said well earlier, mm. pigeonholed into a genre or a, mm. uh, a fixed style. Um, so, yeah, I, I, look, we hope that that is something that um, can be more embraced by everybody through these podcasts mm. than mm. be criticised. More so that they're, they're a live band as well, and a lot of these bands that got yep. into the Hall of Fame aren't. No. <laughs> they work bloody true. hard That's to true. get into they work bloody hard behind the scenes of uh, albums. They did yeah. a lot more than just an album. They need to be accredited yeah. for all of the, the live shows that they did as well. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things if anybody any of the fans here go on to the Rock Hall of Fame, you know, website and you look at who's been either nominated, which you need to go through a process of being nominated and then selected, it's a bit like the Oscars. Uh, and mm. you've seen certain bands that have actually been um, inducted. 
in the last you know, few years, you've got bands that are again very genre-based. You know, um, uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails. You know, uh, were a band that's been up. I think they may may be getting inducted. Down. Uh, you've had uh, Motorhead put up as a nomination. Well, you know, I don't think they're known for their subtlety. They're one way or the highway. Um, yeah, is that that's a one genre group, isn't it? Ugh. Uh, you know, Whitney Houston, ironically, is getting in this time around. Whitney Houston in the hey? Rock Hall of Fame. <laughs> Whitney Houston, diva. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Whitney Houston can sing. You yeah, know, let's let's not credit yeah, that. Yeah, she can, but the fact we're now talking about her in the Rock Hall of Fame. Let's um, mm, it, now, def- aren't they? Logic, and if you want to. Uh, it, it, well, on the soul, R&B, and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of what people don't know, this particular committee, just been it's about selling tickets. It's about, mm. well, you know, when they, when they put this thing on, it's a show, it's an event. They, you know, they, they need ratings, they need viewers, they need relevance. So the committee, in many cases, sort of go, well, who can we put in that's going to help us sell tickets? And mm. it sort of defies logic in the first place, which is why some bands don't even turn up to the Hall of Fame auction because they don't rate it. But I think if you have one at least, you know, the, the, their selection criteria could be far more widespread. And also looking outside Britain and America, uh, mm-hmm. where largely their focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of great bands all around the world that, um, you know, are outside those continents, all due and, respect. And hearing so, you talk, anyway. hearing you talk then, I suppose, and I, it makes me very sad as well, that if Michael was still here, they would probably have already been in the Hall of Fame because he would have brought those people in, wouldn't he? Um, everybody looks well, at the front man. M- Michael, Michael was probably... Uh, we all know the star and the symbol of the band in, in, in mm. many ways, but he was the one that would fraternise and get around and, mm. and knew people. Yes. And it is a bit of a networking thing, uh, mm. who you know and how you know and when you know. And mm. Michael being sort of a citizen of the world yeah. was always in LA or in England or around the traps and he probably would have had enough uh, sort of, I guess, presence and, and contacts to keep that thing going. Yeah. But look, you know... Um, uh, there are other bands that are getting in. I know from uh, the UK, uh, there's that little famous uh, band from the, the 70s, uh, T-Rex, who are well justified, I think, in getting, thankfully. Yeah. Um, they're in the Hall of no Fame, or they're going? They're, going they're, get, they're getting in the Hall of Fame, I think, oh, this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And one of my top bands, I love them. But, but, but there's only one problem. Mm. All, all the members are dead. Yeah. <laughs> one of the criteria is 25 years from your first album. So right. if you come out, you know, in 1971 like T-Rex, you, you know, you can't be qualified till 1996. And by that stage, you know, unfortunately, Mark Boland had passed away in a car accident mm-hmm. uh, and other members, you know, since that period have. Um, but, you know, it's sad to think that, that sometimes this committee wait too long to recognise talent and then they're not around mm-hmm. to, to actually enjoy the induction. Yeah, um, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And they only but, did uh, one, two or three some, albums? <laughs> They did. They did about, yeah, only a small amount, but I think they had like eight number ones and number twos in the yeah, UK alone. And they're very um, influential. And even today, I mean, even yeah. Michael and um, In Excess sang one of their songs, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, mm. well, and, and they came around in an era before Roxy Music, before even Bowie, mm. you know, they, they mm. were really the forerunner to that glam rock thing going. Mm. And, um, much, yeah. But again, he was a poster that's boy. sort of also why they're being inducted because they're like a, mm. a little bit genre-based and that's what they look for, whereas mm. I think musically they were more than just a genre band, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sort we of ranting back early ho- today, aren't I? Know, I? You are, and we got back to the Hall of Fame again. We were talking about genres. So can I can I just pop out some of my songs yeah. that I like, and then you yeah, can tell away, me what, what... Yeah, okay. One of my top favourite songs, and it's on the Elegantly Wasted um, album, is um, Building Bridges. Where would you put that song? Look... Building bridges, I like. It's got that sort of soft start. You know, it mm. builds up to this climax, and then it has this soft finish. And it's it's uh, got nice space and gaps in it. But it's got a bit mm. of a jangly sort of you know guitar thing from sort of you know the one thing era around that. Um, mm. But yeah, it just it's a sort of a cross pollination of styles. Absolutely, it's a good one. Mm. Mm. What and else? What else is on your your high yeah. high list of rotation? My um, disappear. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that yeah, one? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if, if 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 the ears are accustomed to Motown music, where they have that, you know, uh, beat, you know, that Motown beat and sound, that percussive sound, like Disappears, got that same sort of uh, time signature in it. That, that's very Motown esque, and then Michael's lyrics are very soulful. Um, and again, I think Michael Stipe recently came out in the last few months when uh, uh, from REM, releasing Michael Stipe, that is, uh, and really, really praised uh, NXS and Michael Hutchins for just his vocal variety and his ability to find soulfulness in his delivery. Like, you know, you look at Never Tear Us Apart and Disappear, he has a real soulful sort of tone to his vocals mm. and he tries different things vocally. And mm. Michael Stipe uh, happened to say that the song Strange Car which is a, a ballad off the, the Monster album for R.E.M. Essentially an excess rip-off in the sense that the guitar and the middle eight section of the song was very much in, influenced by how in excess would sort of song structure things together during those sort of sections okay. of, of songs like that. And the vocal okay. that Michael Stipe by Michael Hutchins because, you know, he thought, well, you know, Michael Hutchins seems to take risks with his voice. He, he hits mm. notes and he tries different things and maybe Michael Stipe felt he'd been mm. singing within himself and it was okay to to venture into different sort of sounds and genres. And it brings me yeah. back again, a lot of the discussion is that the peers within the industry of music, that is the bands, you look at Bono, you look at Michael Stipe, yeah. you know, you look at Nick Cave, uh, Chris Bailey mm. from The Saints, you look at some of these, you know, mm. uh, Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran, you know, Billy Corgan from The Pumpkins, Arcade Fire, there's a lot of these bands out there, mm. heavily, Rob Thomas as well, heavily influenced by NXS, very respectful mm. of the band. Uh, very uh, uh, acknowledging of their career and what they did. And it's weird, mm. isn't it, then, that certain geeks and nerds who sit in, you know, behind computers who then decide who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> if you actually think about it, from a committee point of view, it should be literally... Don't you start your rant again. Oh, stop, bloody stop, hell. stop, 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 this, stop, stop. This stop. ain't... No, this no, ain't... This, no, no, no. This is my stop. sole agenda. <laughs> In life, <laughs> right? Let's let's think of another, another song. How oh, about right. by my side? Well, do you, do you, when you hear that, like it's our little good night song from the podcast. But do you hear that little twangy guitar, like country feel to it? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Bailo when. Hay. Yeah, I remember when I first heard. It, I was like, oh my god, a little bit of country. That's a bit, you know, yeehaw. But um, uh, again, it's nice. A bit like Shine Like It Does. Mm. That's got a bit of a little country sort of acousticy twangy thing to it. Um, um, no, no pretensions, but, no major affectations. Uh, but, like but you again. Said, I- but like you said in a couple of podcasts before, you know, this what might make makes a classic when something mm. stands out a little bit different from everybody else and it flows and and that does that song just it's just perfect that little twangy guitar in it at the beginning well, isn't it yeah I, I think the older we get and i think hopefully a lot of you know people on uh, listening to our podcast who like in excess um it's okay to like other bands it's okay to like other musicians mm. other styles like you know this is not like you know fly down the in excess highway and everything else is secondary that's never the the mission of this podcast but um what uh, it serves to highlight is that music is a is a vast palette and, and it's like a painting and there's vast colours and there's a vast sort of palette and ideas you can paint. And mm. from a picture point of view, In Excess were never just happy, you know, painting black gothic music. Um, they were sunny, mm. they were dark, you know, they mm. were light, they mm. were dim, you know, they were funky, they were soulful, mm. they were, were hard rockish, they mm. were grungy, they, they were, you know, acoustic. Mm. They were all these particular things. And... I guess again, they just have always found it hard to be classified. And as I, you know, have quoted many times from the people, is that you know, in excess came from Australia, and you grow up with sort of you know Led Zeppelin and Aretha Franklin on the same radio station. So it's how you mm. end up with a sound like in excess. It's what Michael literally that was yeah. his quote. A lot of the time yeah. to American journalists, because if you you know in the 1980s you go over there, every radio station is genreified, classic rock, mm. you know, greatest hits and. Maybe around the world now we genreify radio stations, but music is a very vast palette. And I think if we look at mm. InXS's success, strength, and why we love them, is that they endear ourselves to such a variety. However, there's some nerds and geeks out there behind computers who go, well, no, I only want one style, I only want this, and you know, this is mm. why don't you do more of that and less of this? And um, mm. yeah, it's weird in a way that you get sort of penalised for being actually pretty versatile in your abilities. Yeah, yeah, and they'll yeah. only hear one song and then that's it, right? You are that. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I guess. More. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting thing because you know we haven't even talked much today about the dance side of things. I mean, in it, you probably remember in the mm. UK, you know, around the late eighties and nineties, you know, you had those you know uh, artists out there like Norman Cook, House Martins, better known as Fatboy Slim, uh, Basement Jacks, yeah. um, a lot of these you know the yeah, Chemical actually, Brothers. A lot of these. Actually, stop you there. Stop you um, there, Hayden. Didn't yeah. You just brought up um, Fatboy Slim. I've, I, on my yeah. personal page, I actually just um, I just posted him on with his daughter in his kitchen oh, okay. playing. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. 10 and she's right into his music. It's really cool, yeah. actually, quite fun. That's oh. cool. Well, a lot of these, a lot of these guys were D. Jays who remix, you know, stuff like Paul Oakenfield, you know, I mean, you look at mm. any in excess, uh, de- you know, there's a dance remix album we'll talk about in the future, but um, from the point of view of uh, in excess, they were very high up there with a lot of the, the cool cutting edge DJs mm. from 1981, mm. 82 onwards, probably, probably 82, 83 onwards, actually. Um, and they had such a dance element to their things and, and remixes and, and sounds that yeah. could really mix up a song. And 
that they did that before it was fashionable for rock music to, to go down that way. I know you two jumped on that bandwagon in the late 90s, but um, 90s, and it's yeah. always sort of going down that pathway. Um, yeah, um, with that and you probably growing up in the UK would have known a lot of these dance acts, I assume, too. Mm. God, yes. I was, uh, yeah. Well, going out in the in UK in the UK, um, we were sport for choice of what um, what night you'd go on. You'd go on your student night, or you'd go on a rock night, and all these different um, clubs that you'd go to. But um, yeah. yeah, the dance and the alternative nights, yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah. And you'd, you'd hear in excess in all of them. So let me ask you a question, B. You know, with an in excess album that you know obviously has different sounds and vibes. Is there a, an mm-hmm. album you put on that, you know, if you're in a certain mood, is there a certain type of song you put on if you're in a certain mood, happy, sad, in the middle? Um, because they do have some very uppity songs and have some uh, very, you know, melancholy songs occasionally, but they're mm-hmm. probably more up than down. But is there any album or songs that you gravitate to based on your mood? Yeah, um, I like Elegantly Wasted a lot. Um, and that, the I just album find that grounds me. The album, the, yep, the whole yep. album grounds yep. me. It just makes me think and just really relax with that album. Um, oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then you've got the Listen Like Thieves and that just, uh, that's, a, that's a really nice little album to sort of chill out to too. But, and yeah. Kick just really just like dance, isn't it? <laughs> so with Elegantly Wasted, I was interested you said that one first. Mm-hmm. What, what, why or what gravitates or why? captures that your mind one. with that album? I don't know. I think that, that album just, um, I just love that album. I think that's one of my first... Not one of my first, but the first album that I will pick up out of all of them. I mean, right. apart from the best of. I mean, yeah. that you know, if you wanted a, a, a yeah. quick listen to everything. Yeah. Um, but on saying that, I mean, I actually do like Original Sin, the, one of the last ones they, they put out with all the different artists playing as well. Right. Okay. That's one I can play on rotation as well yeah. a lot. Yeah. And my husband so, will I listen mean, to that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, part of our topic today is about versatility and styles and sounds and sonics and things like that and feelings or whatever with different albums. And I think when Elegantly Wasted came out, there was a four-year gap between Full Moon, Dirty Hearts and that album. Mm. And I think Andrew and, and Michael got together was like, okay, let's stop chasing a new style or a new trend or, you know, that that probably had that experimental phase with Welcome and then Full Moon. They were like, what is in excess? What's great about it? Let's celebrate it. Let's really be honest about it and go out and make a great in excess album that we're really happy with. And I think that comes through. And, you know, we're not trying to jump into the review, but sound styles, you think of a song like um, Elegantly Wasted. It's that sort of classic little funky ditty, three and a half minute sort of, uh, you know, voice inflection from Michael. And then you look at Don't Lose Your Head. It's got that punky sound. And then you fire up to... um, I I really love uh, Just a Man. I think those lyrics and the way Michael sings, that's Mm. the most honest sort of thing Mm. there. And, you know, it's... uh, Yeah, it's again that example of just the versatility of styles and sounds, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I, I, I like that the fact that um, like the first two that you mentioned there, um, elegantly wasted and um, don't lose your head, they were being played in the clubs a lot. They're very clubby songs, aren't they? Dancey. 
Look, the sad thing for me is the audience weren't listening at that time. You know, record companies in America weren't looking after them and different things like that. And, and look, they, that album did quite well around the world in South Africa and, 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 and South America and places, but probably in England it did okay. But in America and Australia, mm. that was that, that album stiffed, unfortunately. Uh, which, mm. again, part of what I said last week about the re-review by that particular journo sort of made, you know, heartfelt reading because he, he got it. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, yeah. there's a lot that goes in when people review albums. They don't look at the songs. Sometimes they just look at what's going on with the band and the, listen to the sound of the songs. And podcast serves to do anything. It's like let's just be into the songs, the sound, the band, into the politics and the crap and all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, well, there was a lot of politics going on um, regarding yeah. um, Michael and everything yeah. at that time yeah. when that was released, yeah. and the fact that. The, the, the fact that they were being classed, especially in, in the UK, as a, a has-been act. Um, uh, we know who said that, don't that. we? <laughs> but we're not going to say. <laughs> but I can't wait to review that Noel album Gallagher, and get everybody. over it. <laughs> look, look, it's yes, funny, it's actually... Yes. It's actually I'd um, like to punch that man in the face. <laughs> well, no, Let's have look, that on record. <laughs> Hold okay. him down. I, 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 I was... I, Look, I think I think I think I think Michael might have done it actually that that, that night. <laughs> um, but yeah, for those who don't know, uh, back at the Brit Awards in '96, Oasis got I think best album of the year or something like that, and Michael presented the uh, British Music Award to uh, mm. Liam Noel and whatever there, and yeah, Liam sort of gave a hug, but then Noel got up and said, "Oh, you know, has been shouldn't be presenting awards, you know, to to would-be's or whatever." Um, uh, I can say though, um, I do like Noel Gallagher, uh, and he has regretted those words ever since. Uh, and he does like in excess, but I think he was a pretty mm. young and jaunty at that time, and uh, um, Full he was of probably being. A, yeah, <laughs> look, I, I actually forgive him for it, even though it probably hurt. It wasn't a great time for Michael Ooh, to hear something you like forgive? that. Forgive. I do. Never I do. forgive. I do. Never forgive. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I sort of forgive because the fact that they were young and they, they thought they were right uh, from Manchester. Right, and yeah. Just yeah. full of it. Um, but um, or I, they sorry, did it to everybody. The excess weren't the only ones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, they did it to everybody and still do. They still do it to yeah. each other. <laughs> well, look, look, look Noel, I, I saw Noel uh, play live before you too here in, in Melbourne uh, last November and um, uh, he's funny. Like he, there's a, There was a song called, I think, uh, Black Star Rising or um, something uh, like that, that when it got released as an EP last year in a song, he said, oh, I was inspired by In Excess and David Bowie when I wrote this song. Um, and I said, I miss the days when Top of the Pops on every week and have a good band like U2 or Inexcess or Simple Minds on. And, and mm. you know, he was interviewed before the Australian tour, was asked about the Michael comments. He goes, oh, I regret it and I hurt and I've regretted them every day since. So that's good mm. enough for me why I forgive him. <laughs> okay, we might, well, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that footage. I, I actually yeah. did go to see Oasis in concert only because yeah. I got a free ticket and um, a free summer house so I sat yeah. at the back and watched the, and it, I think it was probably one of the last tours that they did together as brothers right. because they, yeah, they yeah, don't okay. even talk now do they no no <laughs> they are funny yeah. just seeing them, them argue with amongst each other they're good on Twitter if anybody uh, follows them they're, they're hilarious Oh, really? I might go along uh, and have a look I think I think I think the funniest thing is Noel's wit and Liam's spelling 
<laughs> oh, me and Liam will get on really well then. <laughs> yeah. All righty then. Well, I think we'll wrap up our uh, topic right of then. the week. We'll wrap yeah. that up, yeah, before yeah. we uh, bore anybody else. Yeah. Okay. Enjoyed it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Stop. Stars did align once in a bedroom in French's Forest, Sydney, Australia, when six school friends decided to pull their bands and friendship together. They quickly moved to the garage and under the support of the Farris parents, they had a safe and firm place to rehearse and play loud. 1977 and a birthday party at Whale Beach was the decider in which to unleash themselves and let others hear their creations. They were instantly loved by their peers and encouraged to do more. More, I hear you say. Yeah, on a massive scale. Night after night, sometimes twice a night, in the sweaty pubs and the workman clubs up and down the coast of Australia. They all pulled together and worked hard to create their sound and following. Every single one of them played a part, a real band of brothers, getting ready for the world domination, Michael once wrote. But can nice boys get far in a world of domination? Yes, they can. With Chris Murphy as a manager, he was perfect and allowed them to keep on doing what they did best with their music and live shows, which got bigger and bigger and better and better, while this band of brothers grew stronger, riding the giddy waves of fame and fortune and grounding one another through it all. You're terrible, Muriel. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! Okay, everybody, here comes the rant. The Rant, part three. Hi, John Sykes, chairman of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's in excess, access all areas here, and I've called to voice a complaint. A complaint so egregious that it defies logic, intelligence, common sense and equity. An inequity so great that it currently stands at 15 years and counting. A breach so unjustified that Elvis is campaigning from his grave to rectify. An outrage only equaled by the unjust locking up of Nelson Mandela for 27 years in South Africa. Mr Chairman, you've been on the record of saying that eligibility for such an induction requires four major things. Do they have impact? Are they influential? Do they have critical acclaim? And does my mum know of them? You want impact? I'll give you impact. 18 Billboard hits, over 50 Australian hits, over 20 UK hits singles, 55 plus million album sales, number one singles and hits in over 50 countries around the world, truly innovative music video purveyors, over 4,000 live concerts in over 100 countries, a true global force, number one band on the planet in 1988. That's right, Arsenio Hall, you got it. Influence, I'll give you influence. They paved the way for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fine Young Cannibals and Faith No More's domination between 1989 and 92. Without in excesses, white boy funk up the front, none of those bands would have made it through and got cut through. They inspired U2's move to dance. U2 took on all of their ideas. They stole Richard Lowenstein's videos for all of their iconic videos like Desire and Angel of Harlem. 
They made it cool to mix funk and rock dance music together. They were sexy, they were slick, they were cool. They inspired great Aussie bands to go global thereafter. People like Mid-Eyed Oil, Kylie Minogue, Nick Cave, Crowded House, all being shown that it's possible to come from a down under and basically make it on the worldwide stage. They were covered by many artists such as The Killers, Bruce Springsteen, Arcade Fire, Smashing Pumpkins, even U2, Kylie, Matchbox 20 and Tom Jones. True influences they were. And finally, in terms of influence, they've inspired numerous cover bands across multiple continents around the world to this very day. They're worldwide radio staples and all formats and streaming services. They are influential. Critical claim, yeah? Okay, the nerd critics don't put them up there with the Beatles, Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan. However, most sound-minded critics have always respected their albums, career, longevity and impact. They've garnered multiple Grammy nominations. Musician Magazine in 1986, that Bible, that bastion, named them the best live band on the planet. They've won six MTV Awards in 1988 when the MTV Awards exceeded the Grammys times three in status and recognition. Additionally, they won 18 ARIA Awards and Countdown Music Awards combined. They are the equivalent of the Grammys in Australia where it counts. They've always viewed, discussed and rated as a powerhouse band of its generation and in the conversation one of the biggest bands of its time. And finally, the important question, does my mum know who they are? Well, can you just imagine if Michael was alive today? He'd say, okay, ladies, the queue starts back there. Look at the community of fans on various platforms and it's fair to say that the ratio of adoring women to men is about 70 to 30. Their songs pervade the sound waves everywhere we go. Raid any Baby Boomer or Gen X, Mum's musical collection, and skip past Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down, Barry Manilow's Cobra Gamana, or even Richard Claderman's Greatest Hits, and you'll see one, two, or even three NXS albums stashed away for a sexy Saturday night's listening. So, Mr. Chairman, how do you sit there in good conscience and live day in, day out with the blood of NXS's omission on your hands? How is it that the wax in your ears is so thick you cannot hear what intelligent music buying public can hear? You mean you're telling me we live in a world where Kraftwerk, whose musical contributions consist of playing calculators on stage, are seemingly closer to the Hall of Fame than in excess? This injustice shall end. That's a wrap for um, episode three, Hayden. How did that go? That went quite well. We did quite a lot again. The audience shall decide, uh, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, so did I. And that's the main thing, isn't it? Just us two. <laughs> Anybody else is a plus. <laughs> better, off to- better off talking about something you enjoy talking about. You that's know? right. Absolutely. Very good. A lot of people wanted to hear the the elegant wasted interview. So we're going to pop that on. So hopefully that will be on before this show starts um, for um, um, Friday, which is um, only a few days away. And also we will be answering questions again. So if you can pop your questions onto the Facebook page and the Facebook page again is in access, access all areas. If you could also comment on the pod beam, that's really good. We love hearing all your comments on there. Top six. Top six. six. Six questions, please. Anything yeah. you'd like to add, Hayden, before we... Before we'd like to go. Yeah. Uh, look, obviously we're on a few little platforms as we've said earlier, and you know we loved interacting. Um, you know, we, we again very thankful for the, really the nice comments that have come our way. 
even the odd negative comment, that's fine. You know, it's all an opinion business. Mm-hmm. You know, there's art. It's art. No one's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's okay. You know, it's, there's, there's no politics in this podcast. Okay. Um, the reality is, I guess, though, we have a cover song to go out with this week. And um, I'm going to just warn the listeners. This is a real stinker. Okay. <laughs> Not the not the original song by NXS, but no. the cover version that's out there. So, yes. and and I think you voted me off the island the other week, B, mm-hmm. by not letting me put this up up front first. No. Okay, we went with yeah. Bruce instead. Yes. But uh, I wanna I wanna have this You're particular one, for this uh, one aren't out you? there today early. <laughs> You're yep, absolutely. I wanna I wanna Let's clear get out the, the decks way. on this one early. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so uh, this this is a cover of Listen Like Thieves. It's the only one I know of out there. And it was done and recorded in 1992 by this band. Mm-hmm. They were famous about three, four years earlier with a worldwide number one hit, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hint I can put out there is the guy behind this band went on to become a very, very famous producer in the 90s and the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll leave it at that mm-hmm. as we say goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And we should say a goodbye see from everybody. me. <laughs> okay, see you all next <laughs> goodbye, week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.
I'm so sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> Please come back next week.